Oh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss Miro becoming the new TNT champion after defeating Darby Allin in the main event of AEW Dynamite, plus John Moxley going all wild thing against Yuji Nagata, SCU no more, and will we see Christopher Daniels again in a wrestling role? We talk Cody Rhodes' American Dream promo and what it means for AEW, what it means for him, and how people have felt about it. Kenny Omega facing Pac and Orange Cassie at Double or Nothing, Pinnacle Coronation getting hosed by Inner Circle, and then the lead into Stadium Stampede. We talk Britt Baker's badass promo, and hey, the upcoming return of none other than the Bret Hart of AEW, it's Serena Deeb. All this and more on 2 2 Who? Oh, it's 2 Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Marcus D'Angelo, and I'm joined by my slapdick brother, Dominic D'Angelo of, of WrestleZone.com. And guys, we are two deuces. Deuces, motherfucker. Yeah. Two my dudes Swear. with attitude. Let's go. Uh, boy, oh boy, Dominic, what a what an episode of AEW Dynamite. Before we get there, how you doing, man? Pretty good. I'm doing good. It's, uh, yeah, uh, AEW, uh, I thought it wasn't as good as Blood and Guts. There was some aspects to enjoy about it, but there's also some aspects to criticize, I will say, too, a little bit. Do you agree? Yeah, of course. You know, there's always there's always something to criticize, but, you know, let me say, dude, they've really stepped up their game. Um, like, this program is getting better and better all the time. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to, to watch every week. It's like, I'm honestly psyched about it. Yeah. And we should note we are live. So get in on the conversation. We see the numbers here piling on up. So come on in and mosey on in. Enjoy me drinking out my Jeff Jarrett cup. Dominic, what's with the accent? That's stupid. Why not? Uh, it's you know? almost, almost as bad as that headband you're wearing. Um, you. is it when the will... or is this is a headband. It's because it's a headband. I love the pirates. Uh, Nick Fund is asking, when will John Moxley and Eddie Kingston get the upper hand? Mm, when uh, will they? You know, it's it's kind of like the old WCW model, right? Where it's like, you know, the NWO just kept abusing everybody on the roster for basically two years nonstop, just like getting them over and over again. And they were supposed to get the big blow off with Hogan and Sting, and they, they just trashed it, which, by the way, is why it's going to be a very good reason for you guys to check out our other podcast, uh, which we'll be going live for tomorrow at some point. Um, and that's going to be uh, WCW rewritten, where I started that podcast, Starcade, or that that uh, pay-per-view, Starcade 1997, and I rewrite WCW, make it better. And uh, so far, so good, right, Tom? Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, very entertaining. You've incorporated some uh, talents that were underutilized, whether they were in WCW or not in WCW. So uh, pretty cool. It's It's been a very fun show. We This will be the 13th episode, I think, coming up here. Uh, yeah, week, yeah, we've been at it. We've been at it for a while. But enough shameless plugs, Dominic. Everybody's yeah. here to hear about dynamite, and let's just jump right into it. And I'm I'm jumping in uh, with both feet on this opening match, dude. I don't know when was the last time I was so pumped up about a match, but like seeing like Yuji Nagata come to the ring uh, got me super excited. But then maybe even more so, uh, John Moxley coming out to Wild Thing. Holy I was, shit! I was just like, "Let's go!" Like I was so pumped up about this match, Dominic. Uh, we got a little of the old throwback vibe with old Yuji Nagata in there, who's still a badass. And then, of course, John Moxley coming down. What did you think, dude? I'm all right with you, man. I was so amped up. Uh, very, extremely cool seeing Yuji Nagata back in the fold with Tony Schiavone announcing him. But you'll not only have that. But yeah, you mentioned it. The fucking wild thing coming out by the Trogs. Holy shit. Like such a cool, it added, uh, uh, what is it? Gravitas to it. And it was really uh, made it feel all the more special. I'm curious, is he going to keep that theme or is it was that just a one-off? I don't know. I hope he does because uh, I, I just think it's cool. Um, yeah, it's so old school. Like it's super old school. 
It is. It is. And like, let me tell you, Dominic, that's kind of exactly what I liked about this match was it was an old school match. Yeah. You know, like we had very limited stuff going on outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all, you know, all of the real action happened in the ring and they were telling a story in the ring. Um, and dude, it was, it was something else. I also thought it was interesting. You know, Nagato was working as a baby face and Moxley was working as a heel. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think, uh, there's, there's a lot to, I mean, coming in with Eugene Nagata, I think, uh, it, just him having the veteran presence and all that kind of thing just kind of made him like built to be the baby face in this bout. But like either way, I was yeah, very hard hitting. But yeah, you're right, like old school. And what a way to start the show off, like just in general. It was very, very well done. And like the match didn't overstay its welcome whatsoever either. I thought it was paced out very well. And uh, yeah, good finish too. And dude, Nagato, what a pro, right? Uh, like start to finish throughout that match. I mean, like he always finds his spot. He was very aware of where the cameras were at all the, at all times. Um, like it, it, the guy got his shit in, and uh, and it looked great. Uh, you know, it's what is he like fifty four or something? He's still just, I think. He's still just killing it. Uh, honestly, uh, unquestionably, John Moxley's best match uh, to this point in he, AEW, and he, I don't he, think it's close. Oh man, I'm trying to think. That's a good question, Marcus, because I'm trying to think of other matches. He, I mean, he had that great match with Brody Lee. He had, oh man, I don't know. The match where he won the title was really good, though, too, wasn't it? Like where he beat Jericho. Uh, maybe, but like, I think Eugene Nagata is a better worker than Jericho is right now. Um, it, it was uh, Dominic. This this match just came off like a million bucks. They didn't need any tope suicidas or any any you know excessive outside the ring crap. You know, it was, they just told a great story. They worked really snug. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can like, tell by the end of the match. <laughs> right. I don't think that they were stiff necessarily, but certainly snug. And uh, they were protecting the business. Uh, just, you know, two pros kind of at their best. Yeah. No, I agree, man. It was an awesome way to start the match, uh, the night off. Um, yeah. I honestly, uh, between this and the main event, I think these were one of the, one or the other was the match of the night. And, uh, I don't know where you're leaning on that, but maybe this leads into the next topic, eh? Eh? Uh, well, yeah, sure. Let's let's just jump into the main. Unless event, you, do you have anything else to say about? No, by all, mean, by all means, why don't you just host the damn podcast? Um, so, so yeah, no, the main event was something else, dude. Um, great entrance for Miro. Like when he came out and he was like, he, he did his like jump out, and then like the uh, the pyro went off and stuff. I was like, this dude it looks like a badass. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was quite something to see. Absolute beast of a man. Um and I'm I'm just hoping he's finally on track here is really what it comes down to. You know, like Darby kind of called him out a little bit before the match where he's just like, What are you? Like, what are you yeah. doing with your thing? Yeah. You know, like you're into video games. It's like, thank you, Darby. That's what we love this thing <laughs> yes. is. Yes, Darby. <laughs> you're appreciate, right. appreciate you listening to the podcast, Darby. That's <laughs> nice. Um, but it was it was a unique match, you know. To me, it felt like you. Marcus, I'm having a false counting over a match between the dog and the cat right now. I got to set up Rosa right now. That's all right. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and keep it rolling. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a really unique match uh, because it was it, when, when it first started, it, it seemed like Miro was just going to squash him, right? It seemed like they were leading on that storyline where it was about Darby getting pushed down the stairs. And so Miro's like this big, tough opponent. So I was like, oh, okay, it's just going to be a squash match and we're going to get the title off of Darby Allen. But instead of making it just a squash, uh, it was they made us think it was a squash. And then Darby Allen comes back and he's it's like, okay, Darby might actually win this match. <laughs> you know, like he was he was starting to hit a lot of his, his offense and like, you know, Sting is on the outside. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe Darby's going to win. Uh, but ultimately, they made the right decision. Uh, it, it was time to move on with the TNT title. It's time to start giving Miro the push that he deserves because he is one of the best workers in AEW. Um, I think he's just—I think he's a really polished worker. I think his mic skills are improving by leaps and bounds. And like, dude, you cannot—you can't pay to have that look. No, absolutely not, Marcus. And um, we talked last week too how we were like kind of hoping the match would be quick, like a, almost a squash, like a glorified squash match, because like. 
Darby got beat up real bad, you know, last week. And so I, did you hear out. what I was just saying while you were gone? Little bit, little bit. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was saying in a nutshell. Was like I was expecting this to be just a squash, and the, them lean on the storyline of oh, Darby got pushed down the stairs and he's coming up against this monster. But like Darby made it seem like he might win. Like yeah. he started, he started like fight back. Um, so like and especially after initially the way the match started, where he's just getting ripped apart. I was like, okay, they're just getting the belt off Darby, but no, he like he put up quite a fight, and it was just it was a really interesting, unique match. It's a format I haven't seen in a while, so I thought it was cool. Um, I you know, uh, so our big thing too, and like you mentioned, like Darby's like like promo beforehand and what he said there, isn't it like does how much does that wash away anything with uh, our previous transgressions of Miro, like, you know, or previous criticisms moving forward. If they stay on this track, Marcus, how, how do you weigh that out ultimately as Miro, as not only an impression for ardent fans, but an impression for like casual fans that are, you know, kind of getting back in the folder. Maybe that was, maybe the debut of Miro was their first impression of Miro. How do you, how do you weigh that all out in this landscape here? I think he's redeemable, you know, like it, it Darby, Darby said it 100% correctly where he was, like I said, you know, it's thanks for listening to the podcast, Darby, because you were saying everything that we were saying, which was like, he's directionless. Like he's got this stupid gimmick. He plays video games. He's like, he's Kip Sabian's friend. That was his gimmick. But now it's like, okay, now we're moving in a direction that's actually interesting. You know, is his gimmick, uh, like, is I'm, I'm guessing that the argument right now might be like, well, so what's his gimmick now? He's just like a big tough guy. And the answer is yes. Like that's, <laughs> that's all, that's all he needs to be is him. He just needs to be a killer, man. Like, right. And right. like now he can have a chip on his shoulder too, because, uh, People were criticizing him for that. And, and look, like it's it's a it's a simple formula, and it's the same formula that worked uh, when Bruno San Martino was the champion. And that's that you you build these guys who look like absolutely unstoppable forces, like these guys, like and Miro's the perfect guy for it. You build this guy to look like this unstoppable force, this unbelievable presence, and then you have somebody like let's let's just say Cody. You have somebody like Cody um, challenge him. And then it's like, who the hell is going to go over? I got to buy this pay-per-view. Like that's, that's the whole idea is like, can Cody beat this guy? Like this guy's, this guy's an absolute monster. He's been tearing everybody apart that he gets in the ring with. Like, and Cody's going to step in there with him. Is to is Cody just going to get completely torn apart? And that is what sold tickets when Bruno San Martino was champion. It's what's going to sell tickets now. Like, you can have all the fancy crap you want. You can have all the Tope Suicidas and all of the, all of the backstage crap. Um, that goes on storylines, but when you get down to like the nuts and bolts of what sells tickets in professional wrestling, that's it. Yeah, man. It's like you just have this world beater of a dude coming in there and like having these threats for like some viable baby faces. And then I think ultimately until you get the right one, until you have them going on this monster role, you keep the belt on them. You know, um, sure. I think it only adds to that too. And I think, you know, him unseating Darby and then Darby. Uh, I don't know if you saw the promo that Darby cut after Dynamite where he um, basically was like he told how much the title meant to him. Like that was his world title, basically, is what he said. Um, you know, uh, that also adds to the 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 weight of that title and what that title means, because, you know, somebody could have the world title, but the TNT title could mean just as much as the world title yeah and it's that's the other thing where they're setting themselves apart and kind of acting like an old school promotion where it's like look this is not just like a prop this belt means something to the people who are trying to get it uh, obviously it means something to Miro he he had it on his tights you know where it's like he really wants this belt and he got it um so I don't know man I wouldn't mind seeing Miro be like be like this unstoppable force where it's like okay nobody can get the tnt title off him is is he going to capture the aw world championship while also carrying the tnt title like i would love to see that let's let's see him be a double champion and like who can knock me off the top of the mountain come get it yeah, um, you know what here's something that we can mention here is like it seems like lance archer might be the one maybe going for that spot with miro maybe and you know what it leads into something really intriguing where like we talked about this before too, a couple weeks back was like what I talked about. Like I like Lance Archer a lot as a baby face, but like something Jake Roberts is just the perfect, like manipulating heel to have 
what if you have it's Archer versus Miro at double or nothing? And uh, Jake jumps over to Miro. Yeah, Roberts ultimately screws Archer over and joins with uh, Miro. I would love it. I would love yeah. it. That would be great, especially because Miro, he's a good talker. He's not as good as Jake is. Uh, so why not make Jake like a, a mouthpiece for him? And maybe it actually helped to polish some of his, his skills. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ben also asked a little bit earlier, Samoa Joe coming to AEW. We talked about this, I think it was last week or the week before. I don't really remember. Yeah, but, like two weeks. Yeah. but how about him? Uh, imagine bringing him in after you make Miro this unstoppable force. And then it's like, okay, this guy might be able to stop him. Yeah, yeah, that would be it. Would be he'd be perfect to go up against him like that, you know. Yeah. Also, at Dominic, that point, you have that time to build Mirror up more and more as this like unbeatable monster too, where it's like you you reestablish his reputation. Um, yeah, no, I'm 100 percent with that. A little bit earlier, Bit Milligan asked a question that, that you and I ourselves asked: Will that be Moxley's new theme, or was that a one night thing? Um, I hope it's his. I hope it's his new theme. Theme, or here's the other option, Dominic. How cool would it be to see that with like a big match theme, like yeah. when he's coming out and it's like he means business. This is something really significant. Then that's his theme. Yeah, that kind of like the the face paint with the uh, Santana and Ortiz, or you know, Balor and Balor with the demon. Um, Marcus, before I forget, um, I made a poll on Twitter earlier this uh, week um, to, and asked, like, Darby, what a run, first off, he had as the TNT champ. Like, and now you look at it and, like, he, I, I, you, they built a star out of Darby Allen. Like, and Darby Allen built a star out of himself, but, like, AEW putting the title on him and having him go on that run helped it for sure. Um, Mark, so the poll I'd made, I'm trying to get to it. Oh, here it is. So I have, can you still see me by the way? I can. Okay. So this is the poll I made. Darby Allen is one of the best baby faces in wrestling at the very least. And this is my opinion at the very least top five. And at the very most number one, where do you rank him and why? And so I gave four options. I didn't put, he's not in the top 20. Um, I kind of wish I would have just to get some, uh, to get a gauge of where like people might've put him there, but this was a really close poll, Marcus. It was like, so ultimately the top 10 won out by 31%. Top five was 27%. Top 20 was 28%. And then top three was in the 14 percentile. Um, so really close. Like, a, you know, um, yeah. So like basically top 15, but people would put Darby as a top baby face in all of wrestling. Where do you rank him at? Um, so I, I actually participated in the poll. Oh. I, I selected uh, top 10, Dom. Top 10, okay. I, okay. I, like He might be number 10, but he's he's in the top 10. Now, um, who would you rank above that? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give 10 people, but like it's, I would say Cesaro. You know I love him. Cody Rhodes, um, both members of FTR. Uh, FTR's not baby faces, Marcus. Oh, the top baby faces? Yeah. Oh, well, come on, man. Get that bullshit out of here. Um, you, you read it wrong. I put that. <laughs> I, I, I was saying top 10 in the business. Just no, period. no. Read the fucking poll. I, uh, okay. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, I, I mean, I'm in no particular order. Uh, it's, you know, those, those okay, are Mark, people Well, here, here it is right now. So now that you know what the poll is, <laughs> where do you, do you put them higher out of top 10? Or do you put in baby faces or where do you put them at? Um, yeah, I think I think he's got to be in the top five then. Um, if if we're just talking baby faces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's got to be has to be. Now yeah. I'm thinking of it. Who's 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 a more believable baby face right now? You know, the, the thing with him and his size is that it, it, it may it puts him in peril. Which, which you know, much like Ricky Morton, makes him an even greater babyface. Yeah. No, Marcus, and that's why I even consider him, like, top three or maybe even number one because of that. Not only have, like, you look at it, all these different factors coming into play for him is, like, he is, like, an anti-hero. Like, like not Stone Cold, but Stone Cold-esque, where it's like, oh, he's that cool, like, anti-establishment guy. You want an outlaw in wrestling like that. Okay, he's not as big as everybody else. Now that people could say that's like not perfect to for your top top star, but 
uh, it also gives you that underdog factor. So like you look at somebody like a Daniel Bryan or Ray Mysterio or somebody like that, you know, uh, Darby Allen, Allen has that aspect to it. Plus you look at like the, um, the, uh, the match, the kind of work he does in the ring too, overall, like he sells so well, he, he can get beat up. It's like, there's a lot of really, really good aspects to take from Marcus. I'm yeah. I'm putting him in top three, I think. You know, you know, Dominic. I, I've got to say, as far as number one spot is concerned, there's nobody, in my opinion, anywhere close to Cody Rhodes. Um, as the number, the number no, Cody Rhodes is the number one baby face. Nope, Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes could be the number one baby face. He, he's the sort of guy who, it, like, if for the rest of his career he was a baby face, it would be perfectly fine. Um, just because he's got it, he he has absolutely everything. And by the way, this is a perfect transition, Dominic, because uh, dude, what a remarkable promo by Cody Rhodes. I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, yeah, um, I liked it a lot too. Um, I thought there was, you know, a lot a lot of people like. Did you see Twitter? It's a you got some reception all right for it. you. Didn't see what wrestling Twitter was going about. No, I imagine people criticized what him crying or something. Well, some some of that I think. Um, him kind of like taking the the slant of like having like, you know, a, a biracial a child and stuff like that, and uh, certain aspects of that where it was like, why can't why can't he talk about his biracial child? I do, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I think that that's silly for and, anybody. Uh, could, that, also, I think the fact like, um, people were taking exception to like him being pro America in regards to it being like. Okay, this is kind of like an old hat kind of gimmick. He had a British flag draped over him. That's why it makes sense. No, Mark, I'm I'm with you, man. I don't think it's like that big of a deal. Like, and I think what he said, like, dude, I, you know me, like, I hate politics. And uh, what he did to start off was he trashed both parties. Like, he says we needed like a three party system, basically. And I'm like, all oh, for that. I was like, you got me a baby face promo right there, starting off at the bat. But it's yeah. like a dude like, dude, I thought the promo was fine. Like, I thought he did a good job. And like, you know, uh, I don't think it, like people were saying like it was tone deaf and certain things like that. I don't agree with that, really, man. A ridic like, ridiculous assessment. Look, like when you when you get down to, you know, brass tacks here, um, the promo flowed well. It made perfect sense. All of it made sense because especially the part where he's like he's leaning on like this America versus Britain thing because he had a fucking flag draped over him, you know, and he's like his dad was the American dream. And so he, he turned that into a thing. It's like, you know, I'm not just going to be Cody, Cody Rhodes. I'm not going to be the American nightmare. You're going to be in the ring with the American dream. And it's like beautiful, like perfectly put together. Also, really nice Bruno San Martino reference in there. Yes, I forgot about that. that was that was awesome. You know, yeah. for that, Cody Cody Rhodes could be the best promo in pro wrestling. I, I you could certainly make the argument, um, and absolutely the number one baby face in pro wrestling. I think too, Marcus. People are blowing little things out of proportion when it comes to like stuff. I you know from what, how 2020 treated everybody across the globe, not just in America, but how America was a huge focus in all the, you know, uh, political and societal things from, you know, everything coming into play, which like a lot, obviously all this stuff, there was a reason for stuff like, a, like whether it was like, you know, you had the black lives matter movement, which is so big and impactful, important. And then you have like just all the other controversy, like the political controversy where, you know, and it's not just in wrestling, it comes into everything. It's came into everything that we, we live by, like, or try to enjoy for an entertainment purposes. So like sports, it became a part of sports. It became a part of everything. Um, I think it's, it is a touchy subject at this moment in time, but Cody's promo was, I think the intention was to bring everybody together in a lot of ways with it. Thing yeah. is, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling, um, you know, it's, uh, politics and news, like anything that's newsworthy that's happened, it's always played a role 
in professional wrestling. Uh, let's even, I mean, we could go way back, but I think the most notable instance is Sergeant Slaughter uh, deciding that he was going to be anti-American uh, right in the middle of Desert oh Storm. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, you know, this is this is not a new thing in pro wrestling to bring up politics and to uh, to take a stance, uh, you know, that's that, you know, that's culturally that's a cultural reference, like what going with the times. Um, so I, I was a fan of it. I thought it was fine. John Davis, he disagrees. I thought the promo was cringe. You know, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody, everybody's got things that they like. I hate, I hate Tope Suicidas. I am so sick of seeing it. If I never see one again, I'll be as happy as a pig and shit. But I think that most people, I think uh, at least a lot of modern day wrestling fans are really into it and they wait for that moment in the middle of every match. And so like, Hey man, it's, it's different strokes for different folks. John Davis, I respect your opinion. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the good people at AEW do as well, but you know, like let's, I'm fine with, with things that I don't like being on the program, but let's make it a little sampler platter, right? Like let's have a little something for everybody. I think. And that's the thing too, Mark is like, um, yeah. Uh, think some people maybe there was uh he referenced a date wrong or like got something wrong with the civil rights movement or something to that effect i don't don't hold me that i don't know but you know man i think that the intention of the promo was was pure and well intended and i thought like you know cody delivered it in his fashion where it was like like it it was he set it up for you know uh a feud with a go-go and uh where you know he's trying to put a go-go in the heel role of, of that. And um, I don't know, man, like I thought it was an effective promo. I, I don't, I understand maybe where like the societal things can kind of like weigh down on it because there's been so much weight of what, you know, America means to everybody at this point in time and what the flag stands for at this point in time. Uh, it, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, you know, it's, but at this point, like Cody's intention for that promo was, Hey, we're all Americans and we all get together. Like that's, that's the pure intent is like, and then, Hey, okay. You know, this might be like an old hat kind of thing, but Hey, we're, we're going against <laughs> Britain right here, you know, in, in this regard. So I like, dude, I was fine with it. I, I thought, you know, I thought ultimately it was, it was a good promo and uh, yeah, but it's a very, um, if you go by social media and, and certain things like that, it's a very polarizing promo. Well, you know, it's I, I think that no matter what Cody Rhodes comes out and does, um, I think there's going to be somebody that that has some criticism for it. So it's just is what it is. Uh, not just Cody Rhodes, you know that that goes for basically anybody who spends any time on national TV. Um, I'll tell you what, Dominic, something that appeared on national TV this week that I was I was very shocked by. Uh, let's get into the Young Bucks match with uh, SCU and Christopher Daniels. I thought he gigged himself too deep or something because he was just bleeding a gusher. I was like, okay, he he stuck that blade in a little too deep. <laughs> but um, turns out it appears as though he smashed his eyebrow. The, uh, he he released a picture on social media where he's got a very significant black eye on oh, his yeah. left eye and then like a really bad cut above his eyebrow. So I think he actually took the post uh, and and he got he got busted to open the hard way yeah well, dude he was bleeding a lot <laughs> it was a lot and it, to the point where it was like a little bit concerning which by the way something else incredibly concerning happens later on we'll touch on that but um the, i was like i was like a little bit concerned about christopher daniels in this but man if is that the end of his career is do you think that christopher daniels is stepping down as a performer i think full-time like and you, we won't see him for a while. I think he'll have another match. If I had that, I feel like if I was Christopher Daniels, and like even if I was considering having another match, I might reconsider after that one because it was it like you know I don't like the Young Bucks. That was a good match. It was a good match, and it was really compelling. And like, what a cool ending for him, where it's like he was like bleeding on their shoes. He's just like he's bleeding like a stuck pig. He takes that like uh, what do they call it where they both knee him in the face at the same time? Oh, the BTE trigger. Yes. Uh, so he took that as the finish. And it was just like, dude, like what? Like him on his knees with both those guys like holding his arms out while he's just like bleeding. And then they both connect on him. I was like, holy smokes, what a way to end that match. Um, so it was just a cool visual. Uh, if I were him, I'd be like, I don't know. I think I better just step down. You know, if the storyline warranted. So like, let's say 
I don't know. This is just throwing it out there here. We talk about way down the road, one of the elite members, whether it's like just a young buck or like even Kenny or something like that. If it warrants it, like, I think that you can bring Daniels back for another match. And like, as long as it plays into his storyline, you know, where it's like something to that effect, but yeah, I don't know. I I disagree. I I think that you go out you go out on a visual like that. Let that let that be the end of your career. Here's the thing, though, Marcus. And I was like, I wanted to see more about SCU breaking up at the end. Like, I thought we got it kind of taken away. They went to a commercial break. They, for not that, only like, did they go to a commercial, but they cut to Mox and Kingston just tearing up the elite locker room. Where I'm like, I want to see how these guys react to just them breaking up. You know, right. this, this is like the end of like these guys were a tag team in TNA, were they not? So it's like, or like ROH or something. So it's like, uh, these guys have a history, such a history. And now this is it. We like, didn't, we didn't get the big, like hug it out moment with them, uh, which I think was kind of a shame too, but they showed it at throughout the, like, but after the commercial break, they showed it all, but it's like, Dude, I want to see that. Like, that's that's more important than uh, a locker room getting torn up to me at this moment in time. But but again, Dominic, I'm I'm a little bit torn. I'm uh, like again with dude that just that crazy image of him like bleeding on their shoes and like having his arms pulled out where it's like okay he's about to get lit up by these two. Um, like just that image, I'm like okay if if that's the end of his career i'm good with not seeing the whole like hug between him and kazarian like it, it would have been nice yeah. yes but just at the it, end like, of that, that's it that's all you saw I, I just the final image of him just like laying there in a pool of his own blood after that it's like dude that's a sick way to go out like well, that's a cool way to end your career ben jones pitches here christopher daniels and daniel bryan now if daniel bryan came back and says he goes on a bit of a tear how would you feel about Christopher Daniels coming out and being like, listen, I was retired. I'm done, but I want to match with you. How would you feel about that, Marcus? No, like no. I, I just, I, I no. want this to be the end of his career. Just it, like, dude, this was, I think the best young bucks match I've seen in quite a while. Wow. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Um, just because of the story that they told, like, yes, they got in all their silly crap at times. How did um, you like, how did, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how did you like them mocking the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels moment? At WrestleMania, <laughs> I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> like uh, again, you can tell that that's like some young buck creative, you know. Um, but also, that's what sort of made me think that might be the end of his career. Um, so, but in any well, case, I, I wouldn't have liked it if he ended if they lot they killed him on that. No, it, that would have that would have been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I, if if he if that was an accidental bleeding, uh, which I which I believe it to be, like if he did not do that on purpose, like dude, that that's just like beautiful serendipity, like perfect way to end your career. Um, but uh, hey, so James uh, Espant Espanto Fernando Tegoy, what's up, buddy? Thank you for joining us again. Yeah, thanks, uh, thank you to all of you guys for joining. Yeah, us. it's Benjamin, been great so far. It's been really Benjamin great. Jones, John Davis, Bit Milligan, all you guys. Uh, I missed one fund. Nick Fund, I think, is up there. Yeah, he's the one I kicked it off. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, guys, all of you, thank you for joining us. Uh, feel free to go ahead and send any questions in or comments in or whatever you want. Um, but no, dude, like, is I, I think it would be a good match between Daniel Bryan and Christopher Daniels. But, like, fuck it. End your career right there. That's a good spot. Uh, but, yeah, dude, I thought it was a really good, uh, good match for the Young Bucks. And let's talk about another really good visual was uh, – there was a promo a little bit later on where like the young bucks are checking out the locker room that got, that got screwed up and, and Nick Jackson did not clean the blood off his face. So he still had, uh, he still had Christopher Daniels blood on his face. I was like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I um, didn't pick up that. Yeah. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, just a really, I was blown away by the bucks. I do like this version of the bucks better for sure. Are they, are they as good as they could be if they would like knock off some of their silly creative? Uh, no, they're not there yet. They need to they need to quit it with the silly creative, and I think that they could be a lot well, of fun. Mark, how do you feel about their Twitter account? I think that's one of the best things, one of the best aspects of Twitter right now. It's that's another great thing that they're doing. So like the Bucks, and let me say they're trending upward. They're not my good graces yet, Dominic, but they're they're on their way. Um, did you see the uh, their latest uh, profile picture? Uh, I, I know that they're like their background image is a picture of flying Brian jr. Uh, I'll give you a second. You go to their Twitter page right now. If you're able to and All right. take a look. I wonder if I follow them on Twitter, Dominic, I might not just cause they annoyed me at young bucks. It's at young bucks. 
Hang on now. You you give it a look here. But in the meantime, um <laughs> that's a pretty good picture. <laughs> that's a good picture. And I if do you follow you guys it. haven't seen it, it's of Daniels being BTE triggered. Right. Daniels being BTE triggered. What and Marcus dude, that image that image should be the end of his career. Marcus, you, here's another Game of Thrones reference. It's like when the Viper dies. I'm sorry if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but yeah. go ahead. It's like when the, the when the Viper gets it, you know? Yeah. That's what it's like. Sure. I'm like, trying to remember it and I don't, but Marcus, I read you don't remember the Viper versus the Mountain. I read the books. I don't know. End of season four. Marcus, it's when Tyrion needs to have a fighter fight for him after the trial, and it's trial by combat. And it's the Viper goes in to fight for him. And he, he they I, I, I remember. You remember? Okay. I, th I thought you said you were trying to remember. Well, it, it, it was escaping me for a minute, but yeah, now I do. Okay. It's like, that's what the, that's like that close image of Daniels right there. It's like, yep. could scar you for days, man. You leave a go like that. Yeah, dude. Finish him off. Finish, finish off his career. I think he would be a huge benefit backstage as an, as an agent. Benjamin, Benjamin A. Jones. I don't do Twitter. It's a pro it's a good it's ultimately a positive thing I think if you don't do Twitter because unless you have to for your job or whatever it is uh so there's some fun aspects of Twitter don't get me wrong I do like interacting with people it's and you know I, I just don't take the negativity too seriously if you can take the negative if you can just wash away the negativity when sometimes that means stepping away from your phone or device then by all means do it and uh but and it can be fun in that regard too, if you just don't take that shit seriously. But sometimes, oh man, do people get wrapped up in Twitter? Uh, all right, let's let's hammer on Dominic. Uh, I think that the next segment, actually, uh, I'm just gonna go kind of chronological from here, so because okay. it sort of works. Because I want to end on something specific, so we'll we'll get there. Um, how about Christian? Nice promo. Um, yeah. I I think he needs to tone down his his spray tan treatment a little bit because he was looking. Uh, very dark, and it was weird. Um, like not noticeable. Doc Gallows, though, is he? Uh, maybe not, but I don't know. It kind of fits Doc Gallows, doesn't it? Where yeah, it's like he's this big, like phony dude. Um, <laughs> very but, earring. but yeah, so Christian, it's like I don't know. Maybe he's just enjoying that Jacksonville sun, but he was looking, he was looking like a fucking hot dog out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's hey, Kevin Davis, we're doing well, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, I love the Snyder remarks between him and Matt Seidel. I thought that that was great. They were getting like little digs in on each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm two of my favorites in the promotion. They're going to be going at it next week. It's going to be cool, man. Yeah, I know, Marcus. I was like, Marcus, did you book this match? Uh, what's like going on here? I, it, it's 100% a, uh, a match that I would book if I were capable of it. Um, but it, it was great. And by the way, two great, two great competitors uh, for the finals of the AEW uh, Cruiserweight Championship not, Tournament. I don't think Christian's in the Cruiserweight division. Though. Why not? Why can't he be? Because I, I have not envisioned him as a Cruiserweight since he was in the fucking brood, okay? Was was La Parca a Cruiserweight, in your opinion, Dominic, in WCW? Uh, they made me believe it. They established him as one. Right now, Christian has been established as like a heavyweight for... Uh, well over a decade, Marcus. Well, you know what would establish him as a cruiserweight is starting a cruiserweight title goddamn tournament, Dominic. Um, so I hope that they do. <laughs> um, James is saying, me too. He's not into the Twitter either. Either uh, either. I uh, I had one, but someone kept stealing my stuff I posted there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a cesspool of people. There. It's, it's, a, like, it's a den of thieves, Twitter. Right, it's it's like always being at like a, at like a carnival, right? And not, people always want to find something to bitch about and do, mm -hmm. and do like. So uh, I, I kind of like Twitter just because I mostly <laughs> keep it to myself, um, and you're just you know, a, a watchful observer. I might I myself am a degenerate, but yeah, I'm like I'm like uh, what do they call it? Where it's like you don't subscribe to anything, but you just like a I'm creeper. Nihilist. Don't worry, Donnie. These men are nihilists. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying where like I don't I don't subscribe to like anybody's like stuff on Twitter. I just like kind of swoop in and look. I think that you just call it a creeper, uh, where I'm just like looking at people's stuff. Marcus, um, did you see by the way one of the one of the bitches of the week, the complaints of the week happened to be uh, MJF stealing quote unquote stealing people's artwork and not crediting them. Could and then somebody wrote a column on it. That's stupid. Um, look, they, if you're gonna... they're, like, <laughs> they're like, hey, credit the credit the artist for it. Like he put the this person's designs on Twitter of like that a bloody MJF 
And then uh, I believe the artist's name is Lisa Moran. I follow her on Twitter. Oh no, Laura Moran, you're thinking of that's, that's not it. the artist. That's not the artist. Oh, she she's did not. that she did that Becky Lynch shirt that I have, which is awesome. Oh, okay. Well, Becky she's Becky. an incredible artist. If you guys are on the Twitter, uh give her a follow. Laura, Laura Moran. Moran. Yeah. She's very so, talented. But no, this was like somebody was like, Hey, credit the credit the artist for doing that. And he was like, no, <laughs> <And then laughs> which is tremendous, which is tremendous. And uh, but no, people went nuts about it. And then Cage Side Seats wrote an article saying, like, no, that's stealing, blah, blah, blah. And they went on this. It was not to the level of that horrible Cody Rhodes uh, article that we were talking about last week. But it was just like, dude, you guys are bitching about this. It was a babyface move on his part to even share those like designs. Right. And it's, it's great that he's saying no, like, no, yeah. I'm not gonna give this person credit thing is too, like it's his likeness, um, that this person utilized. So I feel like he can probably feel confident and, and satisfied in sharing a picture of him basically. So, uh, Dude, no. how great that, I mean, ultimately for him, that's great that, uh, Oh, it couldn't have worked out better for him. It worked out better. <laughs> right. For him as a heel. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, what else was perfect? Dominic, uh, well to start, uh, I love Pac's work. Let's start on the positive. Um, Pac's work, Dominic, is unbelievably crisp. Um, I, I even wrote here, uh, ironically, I don't think I've ever seen him botch anything, uh, is, is, is what I put in my notes in the middle of this match. Um, dude, his shotgun drop kicks just absolutely nasty that like, I love the fact that he just hit him with like three of them in a row. Yeah. And it was like, and orange, I got it to his credit. He was like selling it perfectly where he's like f basically like ragdolling across the ring every time he's getting nailed with one, like yeah. looking like he got shot by a shotgun. Yeah. Um, and dude, but let's, let's just jump into it though. That we started on a positive dude, scary, scary moment with that Liger bomb. Um, oh man, I didn't see it like the landing. I, cause I was like, okay, he hits a bomb. And I immediately like looked down and went, So it's not right. like he landed on top of his head, but like he landed it, like high on his shoulders and you could just tell that his head just bounced off the mat. So it's like it just like the whiplash effect where it's like his head just hit really hard. And like I know that feeling. I know that you know that feeling because uh, okay. it, it happened to you once. But I know that feeling, too. And it's just like it feels like all of your sinuses just get cleared immediately um, all at once. And it's like your eyes water and it's like you, you oh, instant headache. It's just the worst feeling in the world to have that happen to you. But, dude, it was it was a little bit frightening to uh, to see that. Um, it it was a good idea to cover up the the uh, injury. I think that they called an audible. It was during... a clever, very clever audible. It right. Was, I thought they'd like, you know, to just take a break, a commercial break, and then um, have Don Callis come out, out there on the mic, cut a brief promo, have Kenny be on the mic for a little bit, give some time, and then ultimately lead it up to, like, them rooting the match. And then, um, you know, uh, it was a really good audible, I thought, that they did. And, um, I, I think so too. They did a good job. Also, they did they did have a fortuitous uh, commercial break. I don't know if that was in, intended or not, but I felt like that it was just time for a picture in picture shortly after that. So it worked out really well. But that was one of those injuries, man, where it's like you instantly knew that there was something wrong because yeah. like Pack Pack he didn't look like Pack all of a sudden. Like he you, he his sort of his facade went away, and you could see a little concern on his face, and he was like. It, it was basically hands off of him and he was just like taunting the crowd, yeah. you know, um, which is like, it was one of those injuries where it's like, okay, instantly you see that something's wrong. I'm glad that uh, orange is okay. And yeah, uh, nice cover up. Good job uh, by oh, yeah. AEW there. Yeah. And um, uh, I thought too, that I don't know that I don't think there's an update exactly what happened with him. Like if it was like a cushion or a neck, something um, they, we do have, according to PW Insider, that he's doing well and is in good spirits following that scary spot that happened. So, like, yeah, I, I believe, uh, um, who was it? Sean Ross Sapp had said that, um, you know, he had heard the backstage oh, that he was okay. Yeah, and he, he also reported, too, that the original finish was supposed to be the pair fighting to a 20-minute draw. Okay, well, I mean... The goal was always to have them be in the, the 
turn it into a triple threat match. What a what a good cover up. So yeah. everything worked out really well. James, thank you for sharing our uh, Twitter information as always. You're awesome, man. Uh, you can follow Dominic at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo. You can also follow our other podcast, which is at WCW Rewritten, which is a tremendous podcast. Um, and <laughs> you can follow uh, WrestleZone at, at WrestleZone.com. And you can follow this uh, podcast at two number two Dynamite Dudes. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, Dominic, I, I like the, the old school heat segment with Pinnacle. You know, MJF coming out with his crown. And uh, they had pretty girls there, which is just like that kind of hits like some of the old school like nerves where it's just basically like oh, these guys love themselves and oh, they got these hot girls with them. And Flair doing that. like Yeah, just like hateable, hateable heels. Um, I did think that the whole bubbly spray was incredibly derivative of WWF and Stone Cold. I agree. Like, I was just like, come on. That's where I took exception to it. I liked everything up until that point like i liked the promo i like tully going ape wild on there and fucking like giving you know everybody rolexes and stuff dude tully was out there working up a damn sweat dude, he was fired up. <laughs> he was he was coming in hot man Mm-hmm. ready to give somebody a slingshot suplex if anybody i know i know he, he came in very intense but uh yeah man like i just thought that whole i was like intrigued because like you we before they had that promo too, where Sammy's like, "It's not going to turn into a coronation. It's going to turn into a funeral if you don't accept our rematch." So you're expecting something pretty intense to happen, and what do we get? But like, just like a rehash of Stone Cold's beer truck, but yeah, it's like mania dream, <laughs> right? Uh, and it's I assume it was bubbly. The, the, it was bubbly. They were hosing him down with bubbly. That's right. And, um, also. Uh, I don't know if you were going to talk about this, but like Jericho was kicked off the fucking cage last week and here he is. He's back. Well, his, his arm was like in a thing. His arm was there. Yeah. But I mean, like, wouldn't you want him to see gone for like a week or I know they're trying to build the double or nothing quick enough, but thing. And I agree. And thing is, I, I hated the whole like bubbly bath thing, but if you're going to do it, give Jericho a week off and then bring him back and then have him do the bubbly thing. Um, I like, again, I, I don't like that idea. Um, just because it is super derivative of WWF, but like if you're going to do it, then do it that way. Give Jericho a week off and then have him come back and like get a little revenge. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was silly. Sort of ruined a good segment in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I was kind of expecting, I don't know. Cause like, okay, you have this bloodbath, little bloodbath of like a match the week before. And then, uh, it turns into like, you know, uh, knee slapping comedy segment almost at the end of it, you know, where it's just, I would have liked something else to kind of happen, whether it was like, you know, you pull a thing out of the hat where, I mean, I wasn't a fan of this angle back when it happened, but when stone cold kidnapped uh, Scott Hall and like, you have like Santana or somebody or Santana's arrested, which I thought was kind of a cool thing to do. But like, you have like maybe Ortiz go on like this, like, you know, none of the inner circle can find Ortiz. Hey, where's Ortiz at? Like Santana's rested Jericho's out. Where's Ortiz? You have him fucking get hold of like Sean Spears or uh, Dax or Cash, and like he's like threatening him. Like that's your fire back for that match. I, see, I I think you're on track. But how about this? How about like Ortiz? It kind of goes off the rails, and but he grabs uh, MJF. And he's got him in like a chair, like a wheelchair, kind of like the Scott Hall thing. But when he wheels him into a private room, who's standing in there waiting after a week off, but Chris Jericho. Um, That's not bad. That's not bad. But this is what I, I kind of like this because it gives, if you, if you just make it Ortiz, like kidnapping one of them and then being like, it's just him because you, and then he puts the pressure on them. Hey, listen, I want, you think we do want a rematch. If you don't give us a rematch, I want Stadium Stampede and then have them do that. And then MJF fires back. You want a Stadium Stampede? Fine. But if we beat you, we're breaking you up. And that's like the stipulation there. And then when you have Ortiz do it instead of like somebody like Jericho, who's already established, you're establishing Ortiz to another level too. Like where it's like, okay, wow, dang, Ortiz is a man on his own too. He's great as a tag team with Santana, but here he is doing his own thing right here. I kind of like that. 
I, I think that there's a variety of options and good ideas too, Dominic. You know, I, I was sitting here kind of thinking like, what could they do if, if they need to pour bubbly on somebody, if they want to get their bubbly thing in, you know, they already did the orange juice falling from the ceiling. Obviously we've all already seen the hosing people with beer or milk or whatever. Um, but like the, the Scott Hall thing, it's kind of like a forgotten moment where he's like getting the beer poured on him, which by the way, it was stupid and a shitty angle, mm-hmm. uh, especially because Scott Hall was a recovering alcoholic at the time. And he had a bad reaction to it apparently. Um, cause the beer, it touches skin and he was on a drug called an abuse, oh, right? Yeah. Right. He was on a drug called an abuse where it's like, basically if you ingest alcohol in any way, it makes you sick. Well, he ingested it through his pores and he got incredibly sick following that segment. So it was a silly thing to do. But, uh, if you're going to do something like that, I think it could have worked here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or even had like the Ortiz pull, like, well, I'm just going to use like cash as the example, pull cash and, and like dump his head in an ice bucket full of the bubbly or something like that. And sure. like, that kind of thing where he, it's like, you know, almost like a fucking um, tw- like episode of 24. <laughs> Jack Absolutely. Bauer doing some shit. Absolutely. Uh, Dominic, uh, I, I have one more thing I want to talk about Then we can get into our ratings and our MVPs. And that of course, Dominic is the, uh, is my favorite, my favorite in the world, Dominic Thunder Rosa. Um, it was just a squash match. But the thing is that Thunder Rosa, it's like, We've said before, and actually we were just talking about Scott Hall. Um, he he is famous, famously said that anytime you're on TV, um, it's basically a commercial for you. So go out there and sell yourself, right? Um, and he's right. Anytime, like you are, anytime you're featured on national television, you're just promoting you. So you're trying to position yourself in the best way you possibly can. And dude, Thunder Rosa is like the master of that. She goes out there and every time that red light comes on, she's just like, she is on point. She is as good as it gets. Like her vicious drop kicks uh, that she does to people. Dude, I saw, I was like, damn, the one she yep. did, holy smokes. Stiff working style, but like just believable, old school, and just unbelievably talented. Like, dude, if if what she does is a commercial, it's like a Super Bowl commercial. Like as, as good a commercial as you can possibly get. And you know what? What I really like too, it was Heelish of her, but it was cool. Was like that she had the count and then she pulls Jasmine Lore's head up or shoulders up and just like wags her finger. And I was like, that's a, it's cool, cool body language right there. It's yes. like badass shit. Dude, you know? she she gets it and she gets it more than I think, honestly, anybody. Um, so I I don't remember the last time I saw somebody who got it as well. Like Stone Cold. That is, that's that's pretty much and that. like it's it's her own thing too that's it's like that's a thunder rosa thing it's like not somebody else that she's pulling from or anything like that it's her own that's her own identity which is neat too like something like stone cold would do something like the rock would do it's like they're it's you know putting themselves into the spotlight and and embracing that and like showing their persona up to 11 and dude name name all the best women like you know female wrestlers uh even even modern ones like how about becky lynch and her shtick how about yeah. charlotte, charlotte flair and her thing we, uh, the list goes on and on with like all these really talented Sasha people Banks, bailey yes all these all these unbelievably talented female performers uh and thunder rosa just blows them all out um just like head and shoulders better than all of them um, and that's not me slighting any of those girls by any means. I think that they're all really talented, but like, uh, if I, if I'm in a store and I'm trying to buy what one of these girls is selling, I'm buying 10 Thunder Roses. <laughs> well, dude, um, no, dude, it was great. And it, heck that was a nod to mission pro because both, both of them were at the mission pro show that I reviewed for the website. And you can check that out on wrestling, by the way. Check it out on WrestleZone. Check out it. Go back and check out the episode where Dominic and I actually had the honor of interviewing Thunder Rosa, which was just unbelievable. Yeah. Such, a, such a nice person. Um, and like I said, the best in the world at what she does. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, Dominic, let's go ahead and close this out. Do you want to well, do a couple more things, Mark, real quick? Oh, oh, jump in. By yeah, all there's means. a few things here. Um, how about Britt Baker's promo, man? That was real good. Oh, how did I miss that, Dominic? That was a good promo. That was a really good promo. She did again. She's she's another one who's who's really utilizing her minutes um, to the best of her abilities, you know. Um, and having Jr. there to kind of give her the rub, it certainly helps. Um, it's this is inevitable to me that she is going to beat Cheetah. Um, yeah. So I think that she's going to become the champion. But then I think what might happen here is that Thunder Rosa is going to secure the AEW or the NWA championship, and then it's like, okay, let's get these two in the ring again. Yeah, well, not only that, Marcus, 
you know, uh, yeah, Britt Baker's promo was great. And uh, she she's somebody that knows herself, too, where it's like, okay, that's her thing. And Britt Baker's Britt Baker. It's like and we're getting, you know, if you're tuning into wrestling for the first time in a while, you're getting to know who this Britt Baker is. And you're able to either relate or hate with the or both with Britt Baker. Um, but, like, what that leads to is the return of Serena Deeb. They got that coming back next week, Marcus. Uh, yep. Well, who is she facing though? She's putting the title on the line against somebody. Can't remember I, the match. I don't. I don't recall. Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Ah, that's it. That is it. Red that's Velvet. Be a great match. What an incredible match it's going to be. Not only because Red Velvet is already really talented, but Serena Deeb. I mean, like she she squeezes every drop out of everybody that she's in the ring with. She gets the best out of everybody. So, dude, I'm I'm pumped up that Serena's coming back. Um, man, what a women's division in AEW right now. I know. And the, well, that's how I was going to else. What else I was going to say too. We just had a brief like promo with uh, Jade Cargill again. And mm-hmm. uh, no, no reveal as to who's going to manage her yet. Uh, you had your boy, Mark Sterling show up there for a little bit, uh, but it doesn't look like he's gonna, he's going to win the bid there. Um, is she going to fly solo? Or are we going to get a manager for Jade? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of hope she stays solo. I think that her promos uh, ability is improving. You know, I was kind of beating the drum of like, hey, get her a mouthpiece. But much like Miro, it's like, I feel like she's getting better all the time. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe a, a manager isn't the worst thing in the world for her. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Vicky would have been the best, maybe, for this point. Because, like, Vicky's there, but we don't see her. We haven't seen Nyla Rose in a while either. And so... um and I think Nyla Rose almost doesn't need a manager. So uh, I'd almost be like, okay, like make Nyla Rose go on her own road and, uh, you know, be like this monstrous solo act and then have Vicky just go over to Jay Cargill. And then, heck, dude, you could set up like a, I mean, I don't know how, maybe they get, they're a little too, they're still like green at this point uh, to face one another, but uh, you can have them kind of feud in one way or form or fashion, those two. Heck, what if what if Brian Cage leaves Team Taz and he's replaced with Jade? Yeah, that too. That's a good point. You know, that's a really good point because uh, Taz is always on recruiting. You know, and uh, like from a, not only a storyline perspective but from an actual perspective, who wouldn't want Jade Cargill on their team? You know, no question yeah. about it. Yeah, man, that's a good point. Good point. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to do the ratings? Is that what you want to do next? No, or MVPs. What do you want to do first? Or do you have something else you want to add? No, dude, that's it. Um, let's get my rating out of the way, and then we can just do our MVPs. Uh, Dominic, good episode this week. Really good episode. Um, so I'm going to give it a solid 7.8 this that's week. High for you, yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, they've they've been cranking out some really good stuff. Um, really enjoyed Cody's promo. Really, obviously, enjoyed every single thing that Thunder Rosa does. Um, and you know, I think most, especially that main event, dude, it was, it was on point and it, it was unexpected, you know, well, not most, especially for crying out loud. How about Eugene Nagata and, uh, John Moxley, you know, yeah, so, uh, that, that may have been like the, the highlight of the show. Uh, James is saying 7.7, pretty close to my score. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, man, just, I mean, top to bottom, a good show. The young, we got we got a great young Bucks match uh, with with an incredible visual in it. So, like, dude, I, maybe seven point eight is low. I don't know. It was a really good show. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I was high on it as you were, but it was a good show. Like, I think the one thing that really tripped me up was just the the bubbly pose segment. That was it. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because you know it, it started out like a pretty decent segment and then then sort of went off the rails. Um, Darby Allen's little uh, pre-tape thing was great. Oh, um, that was so, so awesome! Like we didn't even touch upon that too too much, but I thought that was boom. That was that was awesome. Like it was so, like from a not just a visual perspective, but just how he said everything too was really well done and uh, just further established him. Yeah, Marcus, I'm saying it right now. I think Darby is the top three babyface in all of wrestling. Yeah, he doesn't edge out Cody, uh, but he's he's certainly in the conversation. Uh, James said a little bit earlier, been watching Dark and Elevation. I definitely agree that AEW's women division is growing in leaps and bounds. Would love to see Jordan Grace be added to the roster. No doubt about it. How about Mickey James, dude? Yeah, man. Uh, like, there's there's a lot, a lot of talented girls out there. Um, so like, and, let's- and but like, even just you go, you pull from the AEW Dark pool and you pull from MPW Mission Pro. 
Like, yep. There's a lot of talented women you can just get there and, and establish some new ones. But hell, yeah, I think Mickey James is somebody they should really, really pursue. You know, imagine her and Serena Deeb tying it up. Yeah, man, it's a it's perfect. Perfect. You could you could go so many directions. Imagine her and, and Jade Cargill tying her. Yeah, like there's so many. Her and Thunder Rosa. It's just like so oh. many. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. unbelievable. Hey, uh, Earl also mentioned something. And we definitely need to touch on this. Rest in peace, New Jack. What a shame. You know, gone yeah, too man. soon for sure. Um, controversial figure in wrestling for sure. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people uh, disliked him. But the thing is that that was what he wanted. He was he was as heel as it gets. Uh, started out uh, at you know with his gimmick in like a very southern territory, uh, Smoky Mountain, with Jim Cornette. You know, like you want to talk about getting some heat. He was getting it, and um, underrated promo, underrated talent. I think that a lot of his his like extracurriculars and uh, the violence uh, aspect of his ring work kind of outshined uh, the actual really good worker that he was. You know. Um... Paul Heyman uh, did a little uh, tribute to him on Talking Smack here. It was really good, too. He met, just talked about, like, you know, who who New Jack was, basically. And, like, he was like, I was hoping that, you know, when I heard the news that New Jack was just pulling a fast one on everybody and just trying to make some money off of it. And, like, you know, having people read his obituary because that's who New Jack was. And he's like, New Jack was the gangster of all of us ECW gangsters is basically what he said. And Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. No, man, uh, dude, like, <laughs> you know, I have a buddy, he and, like, casual wrestling fan, but, like, uh, you know, when we talk, we talk wrestling, he brings up New Jack. New Jack's his guy, was his guy, and so, and what's crazy is when I learned about New Jack passing, I was with him, and I was like, dude, New Jack, he, he passed, and he was like, what? And so, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awful, awful to lose anybody that young. 58, um, that's it. Hard, uh, hard what a shame, dude. What a shame. Uh, uber talented, uber talented guy, uber talented promo. And, uh, you know, I, I think the wrestling world uh, definitely lost, definitely lost a good one. And, you know, here's here's the thing, too. This is what I, this is the last thing I'll, I'll say about New Jack. If you want to say anything else, by all means. But the last thing I'll say about him is this. And that's that, like these pro wrestlers, they come out and sort of the objective is to come out and get a strong reaction one way or the other, uh, whether it's whether it's cheering or booing. Uh, you you just don't want to be anywhere in between. And New Jack was never anywhere in between. Like he, if you want to talk about eliciting heat, eliciting booze, eliciting reactions. Um, man, maybe nobody was better than New Jack. Dude, like, well, you look in ECW too. It, when he had his baby face run, quote unquote, baby face run, he was over too, big time. Like, you know, he was the guy you'd come out and you would not want to fuck with New Jack, you know? Right. Yeah. And he's like, it was believable. Like he, he seemed like the kind of guy, like where, like if you met him on the streets of Philadelphia after one of the shows, it's like, you'd probably want to kind of mind your manners. I read something uh, on Twitter. I can't remember who shared the story, but like there was something like uh, somebody was, you know, trying to get heat in the match and something like interfering and stuff. And new Jack did a run and the guy legit shit his pants because he did not want to deal with new Jack. <laughs> So what's weird, and this is this might say everything you need to know about New Jack, is that I 100% believe that story to be true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is my first time ever hearing it, and I believe it. <laughs> um, James is saying my favorite match of his is the Gangsters versus Samoan Gangster Party, uh, which was three minute warning. Yeah, I mean, like it, I I think that you know if you have the opportunity to go back and watch a lot of what he did in Smoky Mountain, because Jim Cornette was like Jim Cornette was a big fan of his and uh, pushed him. And like, kind of brought out some of the best in him before, like before he just turned into like this hardcore guy. It was like, no, he was a wrestler, and he was very good at getting heat. Uh, go back and watch the Dark Side of the Ring on on New Jack. It's really fascinating. I still uh, need to actually still need to watch that. So uh, it's it's good. So I won't give you any spoilers, but man, it's like that dude. That dude knew how to get heat, and uh, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Rest in rest in power. Rest in peace. You know, it's it's a shame to see him go so young. There you go. Yeah, play natural born killers in his on. You know what? I might squeeze that in at the end of this podcast. Not this t the aired episode here, but if you tune into the podcast, I'll I'll close it out with New Jack's theme. How's that sound? I love it, uh, Dominic. Who's your MVP? Boy, that's that's the tough one this week. Uh, I I can give it between four people, honestly. And so, but you know what? I think the obvious choice is Miro, right? Um, like winning the title i they have him positioned in the right way 
Um, it's a good way, uh, you know, it was a good way to close off the show. Yeah, I think they they did not damage Darby whatsoever by him losing like that. You know, they, they showed, like, the fighting spirit that he had. And, like, Miro is just this force now that's going to run roughshod all over uh, anybody that goes for the TNT title. So I'm giving it to Miro this week. Um, who Who's your MVP, Mark? You know, I, I was edging in the same direction toward you uh, with Miro just because, it, you know, it was a significant match and, like, we're finally getting to see the version of Miro that we want to see. But uh, I have to give it to Yuji Nagato, Dominic. Um, he, he, came, he came out there and he hung with, with the young guys and kind of outdid a lot of them. Um, it was cool getting to see a guy like him, a veteran at work, um, and just see, like, he – he knew where to be, when to be there. Uh, he knew which camera was on at which time. Like he was, he's just, he's smart. He's really smart. And, uh, you know, you, for a guy his age to work the way that he did, just chef's kiss. Beautiful. He got the Rocky fight up walk too. Like, yep. Yep. Beautiful performance. Like just seeing him come from backstage and the camera following him and the look on his face as it was happening. It's like this, this dude's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was such an awesome opener. I, I think, Boy, it's so hard to make a decision what match was better. Uh, you know, if it was the opener or the close, the, the ending match. Both bookends. It was great bookend matches for, for Dynamite this week. So. Yep, and a lot of great stuff in between, man. A lot of great stuff. So, like I said, I don't know, maybe my 7.7 is low. Uh, now I'm not, thinking about it. You know, and but, I was critical. I did Just the only thing that weighed it down for me was the, the bubbly moment. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's about it. Uh, and that's about it for us this week, Dominic. Uh, again, you know, you can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow this podcast at two, the number two Dynamite Dudes. You can also follow our other podcast at WCW Rewritten. Uh, check out WCW Rewritten whenever you guys get the chance because um, it's it's been a lot of fun. And I'm really starting to crank up the intensity here. Dominic, go ahead. Get your shit in. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Did you say the WrestleZone stuff already? Uh, no, I didn't say WrestleZone.com. Okay, yeah, follow WrestleZone.com. Follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. Uh, what do we have up on the site at the moment? We have an interview with Big Cass, I believe. Well, not Big Cass anymore. W. Morrissey, who will be fighting um, Willie Mack, my boy Willie Mack, at uh, Impact Under Siege tonight. As we're talking, I think that's going on. And then... Um, I interviewed Les Thatcher for an hour and a half. Uh, that is not up yet, but there is a little preview uh, where he gives some details behind the his development of the Brian Pillman Memorial uh, events that he put on uh, back in the late 90s, which were one of a kind, uh, never probably to be duplicated again because like there were all the promotions wrestling on the same card, you know, um, and he talks about that. Um, and then uh, Meet the Wrestler, episode five will be coming out with... None other than Will Allday, who uh, happens to fight, who lost to Miro, the new TNT champion on AEW uh, Elevation. So uh, I talked to him. A really great conversation we have. That'll be hopefully coming up, I think, this week. Um, but stay tuned for that. I know I'm missing a few more interviews, but there's a lot of good stuff we got kicking up on there. And um, yeah, we do an ROH podcast. We've done, uh, Colin Tessier does all the posts uh episodes such as raw and uh, smackdown and the nxt so there he's all over the grid there so be sure to give that a check out um and yeah so we got a lot of good stuff cooking up on wrestlezone uh, always yeah you know check in in there and uh we'll, we'll we got you covered just uh we do a pretty damn good job at it to say the least we've been around for 20 years so hell we better do a good job right so there you go James, thanks for the compliment. We appreciate you joining us all the time. We appreciate all of you guys joining us here uh, live for Two Dynamite Dudes. Um, and we will catch you guys next week. Uh, appreciate it. You know, by all means, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Uh, ask any questions you guys want. We will address them on the show. Talk some trash to us. I, I'm yeah, we don't care. Go ahead. If you want to throw some digs at Marcus, that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, bring it in or bring it on rather. And I'm getting tired, Dominic, getting a little punchy. So let's let's go ahead and call it a night uh, for this episode of Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Guys, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. See you next week.